Colossians chapter number 2 and we're going to start reading in verse number 14. The book of Colossians chapter number 2 and verse number 14. The Bible says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let us pray. Mighty gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for today. Lord God, we thank you for the uh, grace and mercy, Lord. Lord God, I'm more aware this morning, Lord God, more than ever, Lord God, that I am nothing without you. Lord God, I'm more aware this morning, Lord God, that I am, I am helpless without you, Lord. Lord God, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit this morning. Lord God, I ask you to preach us, Lord God, as, as, as we've never preached before. Lord God, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, like you've never filled me before. Lord God, I ask that Jesus Christ himself, Lord God, would bring the message this morning. Lord God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord God. Lord God, but most of all, Lord God, Lord, we thank you for the cross. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, what you did for the, on us on the cross. Lord God, we thank you that you, you nailed those handwritings and those ordinances to your cross, Lord. Lord God, I ask you just to be with the... Uh, uh, be with the people in the room this morning, the people under the sound of my voice, Lord. Lord God, I ask you to open hearts, Lord God, open ears, open minds. Lord God, and if there be anybody among us this morning, Lord God, that doesn't know you, that doesn't understand what you did for us on the cross of Calvary, Lord God, I ask that today be the day of salvation. Lord God, I thank you again, Lord God, for your peace, your love and kindness, your grace and your mercy. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, I, I, I love... Colossians, uh, Colossians 2.14, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. In fact, I don't believe I've ever preached, uh, preached directly out of it as the, as the, as the main verse of the, uh, of the text. I, I believe this might be the first time. But I love this verse, it's one of my favorite verses. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, uh, which were contrary to us, took him out of the way, and it says right there, it says that he nailed it. It says that he nailed it to his cross. Church, I want to preach for just a little while on the subject that he nailed it. Church, can I tell you this morning that Jesus, what He did for us on the cross of Calvary, He nailed it. Church, I got to thinking about that, about that phrase, He nailed it. He nailed it. And I got to thinking, I asked Google, I got my phone out, I asked Google, I said, what does the phrase, He nailed it, mean? It gave me the definition, it says, it, it says nailed it means an expression used to comment... On the successful, skillful, or clever completion or performance of something. Church, can I tell you this morning that Christ Jesus nailed it. When He was on the cross, He nailed it. And I got to thinking about, you know, I got to thinking about, uh, just put this in context. Let's put this in context. I, You know, I like sports. I enjoy football, basketball, baseball. I got to thinking, I got to looking. I was like, what are some situations where people nailed it? I got to thinking about old Joe Carter. 
Joe Carter, 1993, hit a, a walk-off home run in Game 6 of the World Series. Church, uh, the, the secular world would look at that and say, man... He nailed it. When I got to thinking about Michael Jordan, I'm not, not much of a North Carolina fan. I'll pray for y'all that are. But in 1982, 1982, as much as I despise it, Michael Jordan hit a walk-off three-pointer from the corner to win the national championship. Church, can I tell you that Michael Jordan nailed it. Over there in, in 1989, uh, Michael Jordan, excuse me, yes, 1989, Michael Jordan in the uh, NBA Finals shot a, a two-pointer from the foul line to win the game. Church, can I tell you that Michael Jordan right there, he nailed it. Uh, well, I got to thinking, I got to thinking about Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri, 2004 in the Super Bowl, broke my little 13-year-old heart when he kicked the game-winning field goal to win the Super Bowl. Church, can I tell you right there in that moment, he nailed it. I got to thinking about other uh, circumstances in history. Indeed, on D-Day, 1944, uh, uh, January the 6th, the Allied forces, they stormed the beaches of Normandy. Church, can I tell you that those men, thousands of men bled and died that day, uh, received bullets, church, but can I tell you this morning that they pushed back the, uh, the, they, the what, what was called the Atlantic Wall of Hitler. They pushed it back. Church, can I tell you this morning, that day, 1946, the Allies, they nailed it. Uh, can I tell you that in the Revolutionary War, in, on August, uh, April 19th, 19th of April 19th of 1775, the Battle of Lexington and Concord. This this battle it was referred to as the shot heard round the world. This was the battle that started our our war of independence, our war, our, the Revolutionary War. Can I tell you this morning that that morning those men, they nailed it. Can I tell you the Battle of Yorktown, which is often referred to as, as, as the last battle of the Revolutionary War, the place where the British soldiers surrendered. Church, can I tell you, those men, they nailed it. I got to thinking about ladies. Ladies, I know each and every one of y'all. Y'all went, y'all spent time thinking about what you was going to wear this morning on Easter service. Can I tell you, we have very many, very, very many beautiful ladies that have got beautiful dresses on this morning. Ladies, can I tell you this morning, you nailed it. Uh, 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 Sister Teresa, when you picked out Brother Jimmy's tie this morning in his suit this morning, can I tell you this morning you nailed it he's looking good this morning church there's so many times so many ways so many more things that I could think about examples that I could bring up where we just seen in history man where the where people just absolutely nailed it this one might be a little controversial but uh, uh, but uh, uh, attorney, I didn't write it down. I should have the attorney for OJ Simpson. Let me tell you if OJ didn't do it, he knew who did. But when that, when that attorney got up and he put the glove on O.J. and he said, if it, the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Church, can I tell you, no matter what we think about the situation, that attorney nailed it in that situation. Church, can I tell you that one thing that, that Jesus absolutely did for us in our life is He absolutely nailed it on the cross of Calvary. He absolutely nailed it. And I got to thinking about His life and His ministry. And I just want to think about what did Jesus use to nail it with?
The first thing I thought of, Jesus simply nailed it with His presence. Jesus simply nailed it with His presence. I got to thinking about over there in Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2, the Bible says that wise men came from the east. And they came and they, they brought frankincense. They brought, bought, bought gold. They brought myrrh. Church, they knew right then and there that Jesus he simply, Jesus hadn't performed a miracle. This was a baby Jesus. This was toddler Jesus. This was little bitty Jesus. He hadn't performed a miracle. He hadn't rose, uh, rose the dead from the grave. He hadn't rose Lazarus yet. He hadn't uh, healed the sick yet. He hadn't done any of His miracles yet. But church, can I tell you, those wise men, they simply knew one thing, that Jesus nailed it with His presence. Just Jesus simply being there, they nailed it with His presence. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 1, verse number 17, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed Him. Church, can I tell you that when the, G, when the disciples of Jesus seen him they knew hey man this guy's different hey can i tell you this guy he simp- he nailed it with his with his presence they showed up they came they seen jesus and they said hey there's something different about this man hey and I, i'm not trying to add nothing to or take anything away from the bible but i picture these men i picture the disciples are out there in the water and they're fishing and they're throwing their cast net and they're th- they're trying to find something and they see jesus and I picture that they just drop, drop that net right there in the water and go. It says that they forsook their nets. They forgot about them. They left them behind. They knew they wouldn't need them anymore. Church, can I tell you that Jesus in His presence, He nailed it. Jesus, I got to thinking about other places in the, in, the, uh, in the Gospels. Jesus simply showed up and He nailed it. I got to thinking about chapter number 8 of the book of Luke. Uh, Jesus is walking, walking through town there and this woman with an issue of blood just said, Hey, if I can simply reach out and touch the hem of His garment, I'll be healed. Issue of blood for 12 years. Church, all Jesus was, was there. And He nailed it. She reached out, she touched the hem of His garment. He said, who touched me? And the disciples, they went and they said, hey, hey, all these people around, and you asking who touched you? All these people around that, have, that, have, uh, uh, that, are, that are thronging thee, and you're going to ask who touched me? And He says, I know somebody touched me because I felt virtue come out of me. And the woman, she comes out and she says, hey, it was me. Church, and what oftentimes we leave out of, of the context of that story is Jesus was already on His way to perform another miracle. There was a little girl that had fallen sick, sick Jairus' daughter. She was 12 years old. She was 12 years old. And, and, and He was on the way. And then when, when that woman stopped Jesus... When Jesus stopped in the road, the man came to Jairus. Jairus, how do you say the name? She came to him and they came to him and said, Trouble not the master. Your daughter's already dead. She's already gone. 
But Jesus didn't stop right there because He knew that He could nail it with His presence. He went to the house of Jairus. He went to the house. He went in and He said, Hey, trouble not, she sleepeth. And they laughed Him to scorn. They laughed at our Lord. They laughed at Jesus. But Jesus knew that His presence was all that was needed. He went to that little girl. He said, Hey, He reached out His hand. He picked her up. Come on, brother. Come on. I got to get up. He picked her up. He picked her up out of her seat. He picked her up out of her bed. And all he had to do was say, Arise. Jesus. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus nailed it with His presence. The next thing we see that Jesus, Jesus nailed it with His power. Church, I got to looking, I got to thinking, I got to thinking, I got to studying this thing. I got to thinking of, of the power of Jesus. When we think of the power of Jesus, we think of the miracles that He performed. I know I've already hit a couple, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to go like a shotgun, or excuse me, like a machine gun, real quick. So if you listen fast, I'll try to talk fast. In John chapter uh, chapter number two, verse one through eleven, we see that Jesus turned water into wine. In John chapter four, verse forty three through fifty four, we see that Jesus heals the nobleman's uh, son. We see in Mark chapter one, verse twenty one through twenty seven, we see that Jesus. Jesus cast out unclean spirit. In Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. We go on a little further. We see in the same chapters, all uh, chapter 8, chapter 1, chapter 4, we see it recorded where Jesus cast out many devils and He healed many of diverse diseases. Church, can I tell you this morning that we can't even comprehend how many miracles Jesus performed. We, I found that 37 times we have miracles Perform miracles recorded in the Gospels. 37 times. Church, but can I tell you, it's not 37 miracles. Jesus didn't perform 37 miracles. There were countless miracles. Countless instances where God nailed it. Where Christ Jesus nailed it with His power. Again, it says that many demons were cast out. And many. There were so many instances where Jesus nailed it with His power. It can't, be, it can't even all be recorded. In Luke chapter number 7, we see Jesus rose the widow woman's son from the dead. In Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter number 8, we see that Jesus calmed the storm that the disciples were in. Jesus and the disciples, they were out on, out on the lake. And they found themselves in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a bad, bad place. You know, see, all the, other, all, all the other miracles that we've seen so far, you know, they, you can make an excuse for, oh, well, this man, he, he swapped the water and the wine. Oh, somebody could make an excuse, well, well, the, the young man was already on his way to recovery. Uh, this, the, the young lady, she, uh, she could have she been on her way already to, uh, to being well made well, made whole again. But we see Jesus out there in the middle of the lake. He said, peace be still. And He calmed the storm. He showed His power. He showed His authority. Church, can I tell you this morning that He nailed it. Over there in Matthew. (laughs) 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We see the one of my favorite individuals in, in Scripture. We see many men call him the demoniac of Gadara. Oh, so many more brighter and more intelligent men than I have, uh, throughout history have called him the demoniac of the Gadara or the maniac of Gadara. But can I tell you this morning that Jesus just called him a man. Just called him son. He didn't look past his infirmities. He looked past his problems. And he cast the devils out of them and sent them off into a, into a herd of swine. Church, can I tell you that in that moment, Jesus nailed it. And Jesus, when, he, when they came to take our Lord, when they came to take our Lord, uh, Peter draws his sword and cuts off the ear of, of Malchus. He cuts off the ear of Malchus and he tells Peter, hey, put thy sword back into thy sheath. And he picks that ear up and puts it back on his head and heals it. I imagine there wasn't even a scar. Church, can I tell you that the power of Jesus, the power of Jesus nailed it. And the, the third thing we see, <coughs> church, can I tell you this morning, He nailed it with His promise. Church, He nailed it with His promise. Can I tell you that what happened on the cross of Calvary wasn't a mistake? What happened on the cross of Calvary wasn't simply happenstance? What happened on the cross of Calvary was preordained before the foundations of the world. He nailed it with His promise. Isaiah chapter 53, verse, verse number 3 and 4, the Bible says, he, was, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and a, <coughs> acquaintance with grief. And uh, He hid uh, as it was our, our faces from Him. Uh, he uh, was despised and uh, we esteemed Him not. Surely... He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Church, can I tell you this morning that it doesn't say smitten of men. Anybody can be smitten of men. But can I tell you, Christ Jesus on the cross of Calvary didn't take the punishment of men. He took the punishment of God for us. Christ Jesus, He was smitten of God Himself. What, what was took place on the cross of Calvary, Christ Jesus nailed it with His promise in the fact that He, he took our punishment. He took the punishment that was due to us. He took the punishment that was, that was promised to us. He took the punishment that was guaranteed for us for our sins and our transgressions. Church, He nailed it with His promise. But I like there in verse number 5. I love what verse number 5 it says. It says, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Church, and then I like... I like this part, and it says, and with His stripes, we are healed. Church, He didn't do it for Himself. 
Church, He didn't do it of His own accord. In fact, He said, Hey, Father, if, if, if it be Thy will, let this cup pass from me. But it was the will of God because of the promises of God, because the promise of His powder. Church, can I tell you that He nailed it with His promise. Not only was it promised in Isaiah 53, it was promised, I'm not going to preach all these. Don't get nervous, y'all. We're not going to be here all day. But He, nailed, he, he promised it. In Psalm 22, He promised it in Psalm 31. He promised it in Psalm 34. He promised it in Psalm 69. He promised it in Deuteronomy chapter 21. He promised it in Exodus chapter 12. And church, I could go on and I could go on and I could go on because can I tell you this morning that He nailed it with His promise. He fulfilled every single promise that was ever made. The promise of a Savior. Church, I got to thinking. I got to looking. I got to trying, to trying to figure this thing out. And I got to thinking. He nailed it with His passion. Church, can I tell you this morning that He nailed it with His, with his passion. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. The Bible says, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of, of the throne of God. Church, can I tell you that He nailed it with His, with his passion. Jesus, He didn't simp, simply just do what He had to do. He didn't just suffer it. Uh, but it says that right there He suffered it with, with joy, with the joy that was set before Him. Church, can I tell you that the thought of, of you and, the, and the, the forethought of you and the mind of Christ brought Him joy. The, the forgiveness of your sins and the forethought of Christ brought Him joy. The forgiveness of our sins brought Him joy. Over there, I love the book of Romans. The book of Romans is my favorite book in the Bible. I love, love it right there where it says in Romans chapter number 5, verse number 8, it says that God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Church, it doesn't say that in while yet we had things perfect. It doesn't say in while yet we had things figured out. It says that in while yet we were sinners, Christ died for us. Church, can I tell you that the passion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ nailed it. God, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Church, can I tell you that He nailed it this morning with His passion. And the last thing, the last thing we see here this morning, we see that He nailed it with His purpose. Church, can I tell you this morning that Christ Jesus, on, on that third and glorious morning, He nailed it with His purpose. Christ didn't just simply die on the cross to stay dead. Christ didn't come to this world to suffer and bleed and, and, and take our iniquities on Himself. For no reason, He died with a purpose. And that purpose was on that third and glorious day, Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number 16 and verse number 2, the Bible says, And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, 
they came unto the sepulcher at the rising sun. And we go on down a little further. I'm not going to read it just for sake of time this morning. But in verse number 6, we skip down to verse number 6, and it says, He said unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid Him. Church, can I tell you that Jesus Christ, that third and glorious morning, that day where Christ Jesus rose from the grave, He nailed it with His purpose. He nailed it with His grace. He nailed it with His mercy. He nailed it perfectly. Can I tell you this morning that Christ Jesus, He loved you so much that He died for you. But can I tell you also, He loved you so much that He rose again for you. He loved you so much that He couldn't stay in the grave. Love couldn't hold that, uh, love couldn't be held in by that rock. He loved you so much that He came, bled, and died. Church, I love, I love my kids. I love my wife. I'd die for them. But church, no matter how much I love them today, no matter how much I love them this morning, my love will not raise me from the dead. My love will not, will not no matter how much you love your family, your love is not strong enough to be raised again for them. Church, can I tell you that Christ Jesus loved us so much that He rose again. Church, can I tell you that, that, uh, that religious leaders all over the world, can I tell you if we were to go to the grave of, of, of Buddha this morning, we'd find Buddha bones. If we were to go to the grave of Muhammad this morning, we'd find Muhammad bones. If we were to go to the grave of Joseph Smith this morning, we'd find Joseph Smith bones. If we were to go to Charles Taze Russell's grave this morning, we'd find Charles Taze Russell's bones. But church, can I tell you that at the sepulcher of Jesus, at the tomb of Jesus, and we all you'll see this morning is a sign that says, He is not here. He is risen. Church, I love it. In verse number 6 it says, Seek ye uh, Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Church, can I tell you, Jesus nailed it with His purpose. That's all I've got for you this morning.